Adams, Adamly, Adamowski, Bueller, Burns, Burns, Burns. with that mic in your hand. It's time for school. Rock school. With your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. Your ear is without a doubt your most specific sense. Not taste, not sight. I can I can fool all of that. Okay. When you listen to, try this, listen to a live band. And while you're looking at the live band, say, I'm going to listen only to the guitar. You will be able to, in your ears, isolate the guitar. Class is in. This is the Rock School Radio Show here on the Rock School Radio Network. My name is Joe Burns. You are? I am Tammy Burns. Do you think, Tammy Burns, you and I will ever own a Rolls-Royce automobile? No. You think it'll always be a Ford or a Chevy or some solid-made American car? Absolutely. Rolls-Royce has an 18-point channel system in their automobiles for audio. And that includes two subwoofers, seven tweeters, and seven mid-range speakers. And the idea is you're not supposed to be able to figure out where the music comes from. You are simply supposed to be completely emerged in the music as long as you're listening to it inside of a Rolls-Royce automobile. How am I supposed to get anywhere? Well, I don't know. First of all, you have to have a Rolls-Royce automobile. I know, but I'm just going to pull over and listen to my music in the car, right? You would think. However, Rolls-Royce has released, if you will, into the world because, you know, they're better than we are, the idea of testing their audio systems. People all the time will buy audio systems and they'll tell me, this is the greatest audio system in the world. These speakers are the best. To which I say to them, why? Explain to me why you think they're the best. Well, they sound good to me. That's not enough for me. What's enough for you? Well, I'll tell you. Rolls-Royce has a series of songs that they use, and they released this as a press release. These are the songs that Rolls-Royce uses to test their interior audio system. Okay. And if it reaches certain levels on these songs in their audio system, they consider it correctly balanced and correctly set. Now, it's Rolls-Royce, so you have to know the speakers and the power boosters and all that kind of stuff have very, very low signal-to-noise ratio and all of that, but still, these are the songs that they play through their system. And I thought I would take that and expand it out to the idea of How do you test your headphones? How do you test your home 5.1 surround sound? How How is this done? How do you? I don't know how you do. This this microphone you're speaking in was about $150. However, my buddy, Dave Perricone, went into this microphone, changed the little thing you speak into, and changed out about three capacitors. Now, according to him... This microphone that I'm speaking in and that you're speaking into right. is equal to a three and a half thousand dollar Neumann microphone. 
And he says he can prove that because he'll do a pink noise test. Okay, what does all that mean? Yeah, what, what does that mean? Why does the original microphone cost 150 but the Neumann cost $25,000? Whoa. I'm going to do that for you today. So Rolls-Royce uses these songs. I'm going to give you a few of them. From Here to Eternity by Giorgio Moroder. Sad But True by Metallica, Bembe by Terry Bozio, Know Your Enemy, Rage Against the Machine, Fistful of Steel, Rage Against the Machine, uh, Where Did You Sleep Last Night, Nirvana, uh, Hotel California, The Eagle from Hell Freezes Over, Lyric Lickin' by Del the Funky Homo Sapien, <laughs> Raining in Baltimore, Counting Crows, Scrappy by Wookie, Marionette by Matthew Johnson. These songs are not just because the engineers enjoy them. They do something. What do they do? I'm going to tell you because as soon as I'm done with this, I just listed this for you because I decided, okay, why these songs? And I went out and I looked at it and there are multiple, multiple, multiple radio uh, lists and also song lists that say use these to test your system because they do certain things. All right. All right. So here's another one from the Rolls-Royce speakers system across the lines, Tracy Chapman. There's a reason why they use it. And when we get into the next section, I'm going to tell you what those reasons are. Okay. So if you want to test your audio... This is the class to do it in. It's Tracy Chapman here on Rock School. Across the lines Who would dare to go Under the bridge Over the tracks Separates whites from blacks Choose sides Round the dream of America Talking about testing your audio systems uh, today, Rolls-Royce uses an 18-channel system and has all these songs. Okay, why these songs? One of the most expensive and best put-together speaker systems in the world is by a company called Cambridge Audio. And according to them, the best songs to test and calibrate your speakers and your system are the following. Number one, choose a song that is well, well recorded. Something with large, uh, a run of frequencies and something that has different ups and downs in the music. They suggest Steely Dan or Daft Punk. Nice. Okay. Uh Number two, choose a song with a wide stereo spectrum. They suggest Pink Floyd or Radiohead. Okay. Something that will show the difference between the two speakers. Number three, choose a song that has what they call foot tap ability. Their favorite is Lou Reed, Take a Walk on the Wild Side. I would have done something in the bluegrass area. Because that seems more foot tappy to me. But, okay. You know, I don't I don't make Cambridge audio speakers. Number four, choose a song with a very large bass response. They say a lot of hip hop songs will do it. Beck does it. And if they had to pick a song, Beastie Boys, Brass Monkey is what they would choose. And then finally, once you're all set and once you're happy with your system, play something by the Foo Fighters. 
and see if it still sounds solid. They also suggested Moloko, the Alabama Shakes, and ACDC. Does oh. it still sound good with those items running through it? Foo Fighters sound they sound good running through anything though. Does it right? does to me as well, but most people will make the question, okay, what am I supposed to set? What's the whole thing? Don't mm-hmm. I just go home and plug it in? Well look, beauty is in the ear of the beholder. So there are multiple things you need to do, and we'll talk about those multiple things. But first of all, let's do that foot tap ability. It's Lou Reed. Hey, babe. Take a walk on the wild side. I said, hey, babe. Take a walk on the wild side. And all the girls go do 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 On Rock School. Holly came from Miami, FLA. Hitchhiked away across USA. Plucked her eyebrows on the way, shaved her legs, and then he was a she. She says, hey, babe, take a walk on the wild side. Okay, coming out of Lou Reed, what's the point of these songs? What are you trying to figure out? Look, beauty is in the ear of the beholder. Some people like a tremendous amount of bass response. Some people like mid-tone response. Some people like high-end response. So when you're listening to these songs, you should be playing with the graphic equalizer. If not a graphic equalizer, the idea of the low, mid, high, maybe a fourth knob called presence, you should be playing with that. You should be moving it if you're in an automobile. Mm -hmm. You should be moving from the back speakers to the front speakers to the left speakers to the right speakers to which somebody says, why don't you just set the left and right to balance? Right. Balance. That's that's not the way it goes. No. You're not sitting in the middle of the vehicle. Uh Uh-oh. You're sitting on the left-hand side of the vehicle because you're driving. So you may need more right-side response. But again, I don't know what is correct. What I know is that if it sounds correct to you, it's correct. Okay. Does that make sense? It does. So you need to play these songs, and they're because of wide frequency responses. They're because of wide and high tops, downs, lefts, rights, things like that. BMW suggests these songs should be used to test your car audio. Now, BMW audio is compiled and created by Bowers and Wilkins, and they state this. Gregory Porter holding on. Stunning production, heavy use of the blue note, which is the flatted third. And they say that because you need to be able to hear that third going down you need to feel the music fall into minor okay lord royals because it is pop and the pop elements done right is representative of the entire genre okay dead mouse featuring grabbits let it go this is club music and dub and beat all in one package if that's what you like and this sounds good everything will sound good too okay yeah zz top tush this is blues rock done right It's dirty, it's poorly recorded, and because of that, it's wonderful. So bad, it's good. Black Keys, gold on the ceiling. This is 60s and 70s glam. They also suggested the white stripes, but gold on the ceiling will do it across the board. And also Jose James, trouble. 
This is R&B and jazz. So these guys are not worried about the frequency response so much as they're responsible or they're concerned about the genre response. Hmm. Does the genre sound good coming through your car speaker systems? Right. And that's what you want. I do this with home stereo systems. You're looking at two $400 speakers. Uh-huh. These speakers are $800 a piece. And if you look at the audio board that I have, it is set in multiple levels in terms of EQ. What are you doing? You doing acoustic? You doing blues? You doing rock? And I have different acoustic settings for that, different EQ settings. And that's what they're looking for. Make sure it sounds good across the board. And when it does to you, that's the setting set that you need. In this digital world that yes. we live in. Yes. There isn't anything that you can buy. That will just do it for you. That you you put, yeah, you set yeah. it to rock. And if you know, it goes, boom, done. You know what bothers me about that? No. Last week we talked about AI. Yes. And you were completely against it. Uh-huh. But for some reason today when you talk about the fact that there's got to be a plug-in that will listen to the music and reset the EQ and yeah. all of that for you, that you're totally it's, okay with. It's not with. making my music. It's yes, set. it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. It would sound different. Oh, liar, liar, pants on fire. No, 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 no. Okay, we got to play something. You want gold on the ceiling or you want Lord by uh, Royals by Lord? Royals. Do you really? Yeah. All right, here's Lord here on Rock School. I've never seen a diamond in the flesh. I cut my teeth on wedding rings in the movies. And I'm not proud of my address. In a torn up town, no postcode. But every song's like gold teeth, gray goose Dripping in the bathroom, bloodstains, ball gowns Trash in the hotel room, we don't care We're driving Cadillacs in our dreams But everybody's like crystal, Maybach Diamonds on your toes We crave a different kind of buzz Let me be your ruler, ruler. You can call me Queen Okay, coming into the first break, you got to know that the entire show is not just going to be choosing another fantastic car company and then having them list all the songs that you should be listening to. How many of you have headphones out there? Yeah. Now, you and I are on headphones right now. We are on broadcast quality headphones, and they are known as Muff headphones because they go all the way around the ear like a muff uh-huh and it has a much bigger speaker a much bigger what have you thus it allows for much better bass response however most people don't have that they have those little earbuds that they stick in their ears yeah and for some reason those earbuds are amazing they're able to create fantastic bass response love them except they're not that what? that bass response in those little tiny earbuds yeah. is fake. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. What do you all mean that, fake? All that deep boom, 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 boom that you hear is my heart is not in the music that's coming out of those speakers. Simply because those little tiny speakers, be they PZO, which means they shake rather than push back and forth, they shake electronically. 
or if they are a little speaker, it, it just can't do it. It's too small to do it. Okay, so okay. what's doing it? How do I hear those fantastic speakers? Well, it's psychoacoustics. It's, it's, an, uh, it's a sound that you created thinking that's what you should hear. Oh my gosh. So what they'll do is they'll take the piece of music. Oh, I'm not done yet with craziness. They'll take that little piece of music that you're listening to, that mm-hmm. boom, 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 boom. And what they'll do is they'll take the bass and they'll move it up a series of milliseconds. Uh-huh. And because the bass supposed frequencies hit first, you will perceive them as being stronger inside the music than they are. Furthermore, there is the idea of the tunnel theory. Your eardrum is down a little tunnel. It is. And if you have that thing inside of your ear, mm-hmm. you have basically all of the frequencies coming through that tunnel. Right. And thus you can perceive frequencies more specific, but it gets better. No, it doesn't. Those earbuds are stuck into your ear, which uh-huh. is all made up of this hard material that is attached to your skull. So those bass quote frequencies yeah. are hitting into your sinuses and your bone structure and you yourself, and I know this sounds like I'm insane, but feel free to look it up. Right. You yourself, your bone structure, the space inside of your sinuses, you know, because if your head was solid, it would weigh like 80 pounds and I you'd know. fall over. Well, it does. So what happens is when you put those things in, you allow your bone structure and your sinuses to act as an amplifier for frequencies that aren't there. So how is it when I listen to Enter Sandman? Yeah. You can hear all that bass? Yeah. It's your skull. I know that sounds dumb. There's no bass there at all? Oh, there's bass there, but it isn't as deep as you think it is. You are perceiving it. To which you say, well, how am I supposed to do that? Well, you could do it quickly with the ultimate headphone test. Seriously. Go on YouTube, put your headphones in, and listen to the ultimate headphone test. Am I going to be disappointed? Would you like about 10, 15, 20 seconds of the ultimate headphone test? Sure. Listen, listen. It talks about splitting of frequencies. It talks about splitting of channels. And here comes about 20 seconds of the ultimate headphone test. One, two, one, two. And there you have it. You should listen, not a song, you should listen to that to make sure your headphones are reproducing well enough. Another trick is to listen to the song, put the headphones in, is it equal? Listen to the song, put the headphones in, is it equal? Listen to the song, put the headphones in, is it equal? It should sound dramatically thicker in the headphones. Who does this? No one except the manufacturers. Who is listening to us on the Rock School Radio Show? KCMJ, Colorado Springs, Colorado. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, get us on the iHeartMedia app. Go ahead and download iHeartRadio. Do this podcast search for Rock School and you will find us back in a minute here on Rock School.
Okay, coming out of the break, we have to get to the bottom of the hour pretty quick, so I'll give you a couple more things you should worry about in terms of your headphones. In the same way that those headphones cannot do bass frequencies pretty well, they don't do high frequencies very well either. Okay. They will reproduce them, but they tend to get shrill. So listen to something with a high vocal range like a female singer. If you can stand it, Celine Dion. Choose a song with prominent drums. Make sure that in your headphones they are clear and crisp. ELO would be a good pick for that. Choose a song with multiple vocals like the Eagles and listen to them. Your ear is without a doubt your most specific sense, not taste, not sight. I can I can fool all of that. Okay. When you listen to, try this, listen to a live band. And while you're looking at the live band, say, I'm going to listen only to the guitar. You will be able to, in your ears, isolate the guitar. So put on headphones, listen to a multiple vocal group like the Eagles for three-part harmony, and see if you can't separate the vocals in your ears. If you can, good set of headphones. Oh, cool. Again, listen to the song on speaker, switch back and so forth. So that, that's the simple test right there. That's the simple test. Here's another quick one to worry about. Listen to like an old Johnny Cash song, which is like old country, mm-hmm. which is very open. It's not constantly filled with music. Like right. Boy Named Sue is him, a bass, a guitar, and maybe a slap drum. You should be able to hear all those parts distinctly. And furthermore, the headphones themselves should not create a sound inside of it. There should be no hum in the dead space. There should be no crackle in the dead Uh space. And if you have that, decent headphones to which you say, my music sounds fine on my, you know, my my earbuds or those new ear things that don't have, you know, a signal to them. Wires. No, it doesn't. It sounds like crap. Get yourself a decent pair of headphones, like an AKG that goes over the ear. That's what your music should sound like. I'm going to get beats. Don't do that. I know I'm supposed to be yelled at. Over the ear stuff is going to be so much better. Beats lies against the ear. It doesn't go around the ear. It certainly sounds wonderful in Walmart when I put it on and listen to it. That it does. Johnny Cash here on Rock School. We were just a plain old hillbilly band with a plain old country style. We never played the kind of songs that'd drive anybody wild. Played a railroad song with a stomping thing that'd make a move with When Luther played the boogie woogie, 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 Luther played the boogie woogie. Played a boogie in the strangest kind of way Now didn't Luther play the boogie strange? Okay, coming into the bottom of the hour, my name is Joe Burns, you are... Tammy Burns. Let's do seven days and 70 seconds, and then I want to get into something that is used to test audio across the board. It'll sound really odd, but it's the absolute truth. Babe, you ever heard of white noise? 
I have. White noise. It's uh, what a lot of people use to go to sleep with. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're going to talk about why on earth you would use white noise. And You're then what? white some? Pink noise, brown noise, violet noise, Ooh. blue noise, gray noise. It, it all exists. And I'm going to no. tell you about it. These are the rock and roll dates. October 28th, November 3rd. You got Monday. Go. October 28th, 1997. Bill Barry officially leaves REM. October 29th, 1983. Islands in the Stream by Kenny Rogers. And Dolly Parton hits number one. Barry Gibb, although originally wrote it for... Marvin Gaye. October 30th, 1982, Minute Work goes to number one in America before it does in their native Australia. October 31, Happy Halloween, 2000, Napster pairs up with BMG Music to make their service legal. The name is kept in the UK, but changed to Rhapsody here in the States. November 1st, 1994, Mariah Carey releases her Christmas album, And we all hear, all I want for Christmas is you for the very first time. And I've heard it seven million since. November 2nd, 1985, the Miami Vice theme song by Jan Hammer goes to number one. That's a small fraternity that's done that. November 3rd, 1990, Ice Ice Baby hits number one and is technically the first rapper to hit the top of the chart, that being Vanilla Ice, although... Blondie's Rapture did it back in 1983. Okay, white noise. Why is it called white noise? White noise is called as such because it takes all the frequencies from 10 all the way up to 20,000, which is generally the ear space of a human being, and it amplifies them all equally. And it sounds like static. As a matter of fact, since it's called white noise, let's take a listen to it and I'll tell you why white comes out. Go. Okay, that's white noise. Why white noise? Why not blue, purple, what have you? The reason is because if you take all the colors and put them together, it doesn't make black. In terms of light, it makes white. So when you take Roy G. Biv, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet, and put it together in terms of light, not paint, but in terms of light, it makes white. Thus, white White noise. noise. Okay. Okay? Yeah. Then you also have something called pink noise. This is pink noise. Pink noise emphasizes the base frequencies over the highest frequencies. If you saw it charted out, it would look like a diagonal from the top left down to the bottom right. Why would anybody use pink noise? Oh, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. All right. Then there is brown noise, which is the absolute same thing, except they cut off all the highs. So all you're hearing are the base frequencies. And brown noise sounds like this. Okay. There you have it. Those are three, and there's three others I'm going to tell you about. Okay. But there are the main three, white, pink, and brown. Mm-hmm. Why are they called that? Well, because of the visual spectrum. White noise is white noise because it's all colors, all frequencies through the, through the, the roof. Gotcha. And in terms of light, it makes white, thus white noise. What do you do with it? Well, if you have white noise, when you chart it out, it makes a perfect line all the way across, right? Everything is exactly the same. In terms of pink noise, it has a perfect line top left down to top, uh, down to bottom right. Okay. Okay. You take brown noise, it has a perfect line. 
So when you say that a microphone reproduces sound perfectly, what they're doing is setting a microphone approximately six inches away from a speaker creating pink noise. So when you go and turn on that pink noise, uh-huh. if you can then take the output of that microphone and show it on the something, a line next to the pink noise, right. and depending on how close they are, if you reproduce it correctly, it's a very good microphone. If you don't, you don't. The best way to test all the microphones in your house, in your studio, uh-huh. take them all. Record pink noise, create pink noise, and then record it, and then listen to it. And when you listen to it and you go, wow, that's bassy, that means that microphone emphasizes the bass frequencies better. Then you listen to it and you go, well, that's tinny. That means that microphone produces the high frequencies better. And if he goes, wow, that sounds exactly like it, that microphone is the one that will reproduce sounds the best of the three. Does that make sense? Doesn't, doesn't somebody test the mics before they're sent out? Always. Always. But when I mean, you, you're, you're buying a mic for right. cer- certain frequencies, right? When you get a microphone, it will have a range and it will show you exactly what frequencies it deals with. It will have an SPL. It will have all kinds of things. And I'll tell you what that is in just a little bit. But it's not done by recording a voice. It's done by recording that horrible white, pink, and brown noise. And how close will the microphone <laughs> reproduce it? Sweet. Does that make sense? Totally. You betcha, ladies and gentlemen. Steely Dan is supposedly so well produced, you can test your speakers by it. Here you go. Steely Dan on Rock School. Okay, coming into the second break, you had a question for me. Yeah, you used a big word, impedance. I did. Your question was, these people who are on American Idol and these people oh, yeah, who that are question. what mm-hmm. have you, what kind of microphone do they use? Once again, you need to find out what the microphone is all about. If you wish to record a piccolo, you're going to want a microphone that will allow the higher frequencies to come. You're going to record a bass guitar. You're going to want a microphone that will allow the bass frequencies to come. In terms of a microphone for voice, Mm -hmm. you're going to want something that reproduces the mid-range frequencies the best because that's what a voice 
is. Okay. I get it. There's higher frequencies. There's lower frequencies. That adds the flavor to the voice. But it's the mid-range frequencies you need it to be able to do. So when you buy a microphone and you look into it, like this thing here, which is a Neumann microphone, they're great for voice, which is why we're using them. Right. Now, there's another microphone called an SM57, a Shure microphone SM57. And it's it's meant to be put in front of an amplifier, like a guitar amplifier, that's turned up to 12. It is. It, it doesn't have an element that can be easily broken. Great for that. It'll take all that punch. But is it good for voice? Not as. Look, all microphones are going to work across the board. But you want to grab something that's going to accept what you're trying to give it. If you're going to record a piccolo and you're going to record a, a tuba, right. you're not going to use a mic the same microphone. You shouldn't use the same microphone for both of them. Okay. And the only way to know whether one is good or not is to probably perform the pink, the brown, or the white noise test to see how closely it equals it. Wow. If you go on YouTube, there's a guy out there that does a pink noise test of all of his microphones. Mm -hmm. And you can hear the difference between them. What, what, frequencies come through are what frequencies that microphone produces best. So if you got something that produces a lot of bass, you should probably use that to record your bass guitar. Gotcha. You got something that records a lot of highs, you should probably use that to record your piccolo. And if you have one that's all midterm, that should be your voice microphone. Now look, I'm painting with a gargantuan broad brush. I hear you. Gargantuan broad brush. You could always try multiple to see what happens. And there's a lot of times where you don't want it absolutely perfect. You know the song by the Beatles, Savoy Truffle? I do. Listen to the saxophones in Savoy Truffle. They're horribly recorded. Mm -hmm. They're way too high. They're, they're too punchy. But in that setting, they work. Yep. Does that make sense? Totally. So a poor recording is one thing. There's Green Day in Holiday there's a section where he goes, the senator from California has the floor. And then it's like, <laughs> like it's coming through some kind of bad speaker yeah. system. It's beautiful. The representative from California has the floor. It's beautiful. So bad can be good if you use it where it should be. Does that make sense? Totally. Okay. Who's listening to us on the Rock School Radio Show? Oh, that's KFOK in Sacramento, California. Very good. When we get back, we'll talk about testing some other audio equipment. We'll play some stuff for you that will allow you to test it. Back in a minute here on Rock School. Okay, coming into the last break.
break here on Rock School, I talked about a few different frequency ranges, and while we were in break, I played, uh, once again, Johnny Cash's God's Gonna Cut You Down. Right. Listen to just the guitar, then listen to the vocal. There was so much more bass in the guitar, was there not? Oh, yeah. Usually, an acoustic guitar is recorded with a microphone sticking right at the 12th fret, not the sound hole, but the 12th fret. It was a different kind of microphone. And that all that testing is done that way. And by the way, I wanted to say, I know some of you out there are going to say that Green Day song that you picked on that, that, that said it sounded like a it's sort of a, a CB or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Joe, that was done with a filter. You're entirely possible. It probably was at that level. But if you indeed wanted that same sound, you could use a ceramic microphone as opposed to a condenser microphone and you would get the same thing. Okay. If you have a 5.1 Dolby surround sound, you could probably use some kind of surround sound test, and it's available. You can go on to YouTube and do it. As a matter of fact, here is the Dolby 5.1 surround sound test. This is the left channel. Next, we have the center channel. Over here is the right channel. is the right surround channel. This is the left surround channel. And there you go. If you go to a lot of different places, they will give you tests to put on to your uh, YouTube system to run it through your television. For free? And it was yeah, just for free. Wow. They just run it. And what's great about that 5.1 test, it has a visual equal that this should be at this dB, this should be at this oh, dB. That's and fun, it shows huh? this speaker, that speaker, and all those kind of things. Couple other things you're interested in, total harmonic distortion. This will be in the sort of the, the additional piece of paper that comes with your piece of equipment. And what it is is the idea that total harmonic distortion was the amount of noise that was in there. There Record- wait, wait. Noise, additional noise. There's uh, equipment a, there's a noise. piece of paper that comes in there. Yes, it is. Oh no. Like a record would have about five percent. And when CDs came out, people were just knocked out because a CD would have less than one percent of total harmonic distortion. Right. So people would listen to a CD and go, it doesn't sound as good. It sounds cleaner. Uh-huh. It sounds and it it reproduced the wattage a little bit better. Output power, how loud is it gonna be? We did an entire show when I built that speaker. Yeah. Seventy-five watts at sixteen ohms. So it's the number of watts as opposed to the amount of impedance. And impedance is the idea that, well, this microphone sounds better with, with bass frequencies. Well, that means it impedes the higher frequencies. Got you. Okay. Does that make sense? Cool. Yeah. Signal to noise ratio, if you turn it up the whole way, how much extra noise does it create? And also the idea, if you're going to buy speakers, something called the dampening factor or the damping factor. This is the idea that a speaker should stay stationary when it creates sound. If it doesn't, it alters the sound. It flanges the sound. Okay, how much dampening factor, how much flange and such does it get? That's just sort of stuff thrown right on wow. the air. So, but look, when all this is said and done, it came out of the fact that Rolls-Royce has these songs that they play. Here's the reason that they play it. If you buy a microphone or what have you, here's how you test it. Pink, brown, blue noise. And by the way, there is blue noise. There is violet noise. There is gray noise. And it has to do with what it looks like when it's charted out. But it's all in the ear of the beholder. You could set up the Rolls-Royce as exactly as you want it. 
then somebody gets in there, it's a little hard of hearing on uh-huh. the right hand side. Yes. You've got to change it. You get in there and somebody likes a, an acoustic guitar to sound a certain way uh-huh. and you've got it set perfectly and they sit down and go, I don't like that. I need more mid-tones. you got to change it. No, you don't. You just tell them to get out. Beauty is in the ear of the beholder. Get out of my Rolls Royce, mister. <laughs> get out of here. And I would drive it. I'm not a rider type guy. I get car sick. Going to be doing it. That's it. I'm done. I'm Joe Burns. I'm Tammy Burns. And that wraps it up. Class is dismissed. Class is dismissed.